Hi, welcome to Something Old, New, Borrowed, and True. Today, we have Once Upon a Time in Weddingland, where my mommy and daddy are no longer married. And I got engaged, and I was joyful and happy to tell both of them. And in my beautiful wedding land, my daddy got married to a new lady. I don't call her my stepmommy because I'm over 18 and she had nothing to do with rearing me. I call her lovingly my father's wife. My mommy is out there in the world trying to explore herself and her independence, working hard. And then we decided to plan a wedding and everyone got along and nobody cared about who was spending what or who was sitting where and nobody cared about who was wearing what and who was invited where and if we all went to the same showers and if we got to sit at the same tables and then my mommy and my daddy Stop it, ladies and gentlemen. Stop it. Stop it already. This is Kelly. I'm here with Amanda and Carrie. And this is something old, new, borrowed, and true. And we are talking about the reality of planning a wedding when parents are not married any longer. I'm not going to bring in the statistics of divorce in our country because that is just downright an awful number. And But if you think about that number that you hear about, then there is a likelihood that many people that would be planning a wedding are planning with parentals not still in the same house with the same names and the same budgets and the same all the things. However, this being said, I don't want to minimize the fact that even if our parents were married happily and lovely and everything, some of these issues, budgetary primarily, are all you know similar to the same. Um, we're coming to you with an experiential approach. This is not opinion um, per se. We might interject a few words of wisdom that might be helpful. Um, but these are things that actually have happened in our uh, world of 23 years of combined experience, life, and in what has gone on in the wedding world. What I can tell you, honestly, ladies, right now, if never asked a bride, every now and again, a bride will pull me to the side and be like, oh, dear Jesus. If my parents could just, ugh. but here's the question and the answer, I think for everyone, tell me if you guys think I'm wrong. It's hard. It's a sticky wicket for everybody. Little girl did not ever dream of having a, let's just face it. Not sure when the splitting of this marriage happened, but nobody ever thought about going to graduation or prom pictures or homecoming pictures and having two sets of parents there for pictures. And you know, so now we're on to phase where you're beginning a new chapter in your life and we're still navigating moms and dads who don't necessarily see eye to eye and or uh, have a different vision and or frankly, that very sticky, scary, scary word, they're afraid. 
afraid and uncomfortable and don't know how to be where their place is. Oftentimes we have a father figure and I don't want to minimize somebody who earns more money usually. And that person has a role. And a lot of times the dad's monetary role doesn't get a lot of input. And that's no matter what the situation is. But um, a lot of times dad thinks because he is writing a check, he gets to say what is what is what is what. Then you have the mom who may not be in the same financial place, but she is the, what I want to say, she is the locket on your heart. She is helping you plan. She is the sweet, yummy story of going to shop for a wedding gown and, and the visions of grandeur and the candlelight and the table and the ambiance and this sweet man and this glorious proposal and things like that. Yet she doesn't have enough money to, to contribute, but she'd like to, for instance, buy she wants to pay for the wedding gown. We don't know how much that costs. It doesn't know. And in her mind, that's her contribution of what she can afford today right now. And dad's saying, well, just put the money in the pot. We want to have just, here's the spreadsheet. Once we have gotten engaged and we have set the date, now this beautiful couple is navigating on who to talk to about what, where, when, and why, and how. Do you girls have any questions? You want me to just keep talking? It's just hard. Kelly. Um, I think you started us off perfectly by encapsulating us in the mindset of wedding land because this is also one day and sometimes relationships like on other holidays or other occasions could go one way to the worse or it could go one way to the better and then all of a sudden the wedding is the sticky wicket as you did take from me and I will reclaim. So sometimes things could have been going swimmingly and the family dynamic has shifted to a place of constructive working together and holidays and things. And then the wedding comes and it all comes to a crashing head or vice versa. Sometimes you have been in a state of being where things are tumultuous and there's sharing and not sharing and, and, possessiveness of traditions and timelines and then all of a sudden things are set aside for the wedding day so I think Kelly you did a really great job to just put us in this concept of wedding land and we are just here for you on this podcast old new bard and true the truth is this one is tough and you never even know until you start the process the great news for our couples out there is that you now have each other to say see welcome and support me in all this madness. So hello, that's a yay. That's a celebration. Look at that diamond on your finger. Look at that gleam in the eye and say, we're in it together, you and me versus all this cray cray because we get to define a new reality for ourselves. Um, so I think that's a love and a joy that you can take this person into battle with you or into the, is anybody seeing this moment of the wedding wonderland, wedding land day? So Kelly, I think you started it off by just sharing all the things. I know Carrie will say something, but we'd all just been afraid from some more of your stories or chiming in on what you've heard that can be helpful or hurtful. Carrie, what are your thoughts here in wedding land and the state of being of the divorce reality that sometimes shouldn't be glossed over, should be recognized, but talked about in our podcast today. <laughs> well, speaking from personal experience as a child of divorce, I think what would have been really helpful is understanding sort of all of the aspects or points in the day, points throughout the entire process, quite honestly, where there's going to need, you're going to need to make a decision 
that is either going to hurt someone's feelings or make someone feel like they aren't quite as important. And it's no intent or malicious feeling from the bride or the groom, but it's just a matter of who's going to walk you down the aisle? Who's going to pay for something? Who's going to say, who's going to speak at the wedding? Who will be invited to showers? Will there be separate family side showers? I mean, there are a lot of areas to navigate with these sort of shared and blended families. And some of them can be great if everybody has the spirit of, hey, let's support this wonderful couple. And this is a great new addition to both families. And we're celebrating this. And this is a joy. And some can unfortunately not be so good if people just really don't behave well. So and I, I think I really good, big, big points is who's walking who down the aisle and who's speaking. That is, those are two things that we do not want to let. And who even on, on the invite, who's, who's hosting the wedding? Right. I mean, that's a big one too. <laughs> Dances. There's a lot right so there. There's is, is a lot. So I'm going to give my little plug to the plug plug. This is oftentimes where having a wedding planner is a beautiful, glorious, wonderful solution. If this person is qualified, good with relationships and things like that, sometimes this person is a mediator, a navigator. The parents could have been behaving so poorly. We don't know when the divorce took place. So let's just, I'm just going to take scenario one. Things have just been not great. And we are so much so that the bride and groom move out of the state where the groom's mother was closer to where we were, we're planning the wedding. Those two parents try to distance ourselves, this, the, this, the, this, we lead up, we lead up, we lead up a little bit less complication when it's the groom's family that has the divorce because the finances that, you know, the percentage of money's being spent and everything else in, in planning are so much less in a rehearsal dinner situation, but so much to where I have, navigated a seating chart in a church to where there is the seating of whomever in one row. And then bride and groom being so nervous about behavior that they wanted a buffer row of either empty in between them. So there could be no whispering. There could be no snide remarks. There could be no nothing that was. And then the next one and all said and done, everybody's down the aisle. Everything's great. And then literally to have the mother say after pictures were taken on the altar, but wait, aren't we all having a picture together? I mean, <laughs> who would ever think that we would all be in a picture together? That being said, if that picture needs, needs to be taken as to not hurt feelings and to not upset an apple cart and to check a box and to get the show rolling and not have a scene, we take that picture. I guess what I would say, I think it's hard for brides and grooms to talk their parents in this frank language because also they kind of don't know what they don't know. And with etiquette being so different right now, I mean, so many less rules. A lot of people don't know the rules anymore. So, okay, well, so let's start with the beginning of the save the date. Thankfully, the save the date is not presented as by anybody. It's announced by the bride and groom. So done. But then when we get down to the planning and the budget and everything else, that's going to be family to family. I think that you're going to have to navigate. Okay. You know, the biggest, biggest question is, is there going to be an open bar, full bar? Because that is a huge expenditure. And I've had a situation where both the parents can talk to each other aside from this 
forum of everybody in this conversation together and say, I'd really like for it to be this, this, and this. I can't spend that, but this is the kind of wedding I think you want. She wants, we've always wanted this for them. Let's do it. The bottom line is probably somebody is going to have to sit on their hands and not interject exactly all wants and wishes in order to, I think if people want an open bar, that's good. If somebody wants to, can only afford to serve beer and wine, that's the next thing to address. Then you've had a situation where you can offer a cash bar after that or open bar from X point to X point. I'm really trying to get down into navigating who gets to say what we're going to do. And usually that falls under whoever's paying for it gets to say, right? I would, well, I would say they would, they would have a more of a, a heavier weight, a heavier weighted vote, I would say for sure. Right. And that's what I think most, you know, there's just no clear, clear cut thing here because oftentimes if people all get along, that's awesome. But then I want to just interject here to every mom, dad, stepmom, significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, no matter how well you think you're all getting along, this is still not the most comfortable stuff to talk about, be around. No, I was just going to say, even even with families who who the core, fa- like let's say the bride fa- bride's family is very close and they all get along. And let's say they're longtime friends with the groom family and they all get along. Even in that scenario, there's still going to be issues that come up with people who, who just categorically get along. So bring in people who are either raw from a recent divorce or potentially still feeling bitter about an old divorce. I mean, you know, there's so much history and baggage that's going to come with some of these individuals that, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a real, it can be a real sticky situation that you just have to try and take your deep breaths and understand what's important for you and sort of position and, and posture and honestly, probably campaign a little bit for what you you want for your day. Because at the end of the day, it's it's your day. Carrie, that's what I was going to say is, and not to negate, even in the best of circumstances with all of the correct tools in place and, you know, help sought and healing that has happened, we cannot negate the juxtaposition of the duality of it's a wedding day and we're in the presence of a wedding that maybe didn't, have, you know, that, that was, that's, that is no longer celebrated in a union, right? Because every wedding has a purpose and how that, that ends, maybe we all don't know. And maybe for death to its part is not the meant to be of that moment. And that's fine too. So, but even in the most beautiful circumstances, there's still a juxtaposition there of we're now at a wedding and Hey, guess what? Our wedding didn't, didn't quote unquote work. Right. So I think that going back to what Carrie said was, so important in that I think it's time, or I think it's important, excuse me, to take time away from all of those people and decide as a couple what's important and to have those challenging conversations. This might be the first time you've had to do that or put it into context or reflect on it uh, since it happened. So yes, this will be something unexpected that is less than glamorous. Um, but I think it's important to have that time 
and then have those talks rather than avoid them, rather than push them off until the cake tasting, rather than all show up at a dress fitting and have things explode. I think it's important to just recognize those in advance, even if they're the adults and you're the beautiful, hope-filled individual, you can look at them with compassion and care and just take time to, hey, hey, mom, hey, my husband's wife, whose name is mm, Susan, hey, anybody, I just wanted to take a minute to sit with you or to give you a call or to have a conversation. I wanted to talk to you about our wedding day. I wanted to talk to you about, I wanted to talk to you and Fred as a couple. I wanted to talk to Fred individually. You know, do all of these things in advance of those big explosive moments. Because if you have time to give people the tools to process all those things and continue the good work of healing or continue the good work of having hurt and moving forward. I think that's so much better than a bombardment on the rehearsal day of who's walking whom. And so again, we're saying there's all this glory, there's all this glam, there's all these rings and all the Insta. You gotta, if this is your scenario, we see you, we hear you. It's super rough. Do it before the day of because we're challenging you or partnering with you. We're coming alongside of you to tell you it's going to be so much better than when you're already wearing the dress in the shoes with the makeup. That'll be way worse. In the cute tux, buttoned up, looking at him, all the things, and having somebody come up to you. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it before. Not every vendor or representative at a church or this, that, yeah. People don't know the background. They don't know if there's a deceased parent. They don't know. So if there's, once again, so they ask, good. Are there people, like, will they ask, is there anything we should know or any they unusual do. circumstances or, you know what I mean? They do, but there, there's, you know, most of the time, if you have, if, if I were talking about the standard, if you're going through a church, there's a church person who's administrative, who's filling the forms, crossing the T's dotting the eyes and she's doing this thing and it's, you know, for the organist and it's for the priest and it's for the whomever, whomever. And, it, and then they do a little seating chart, but in their world of seating charts, oftentimes they're not asking. And, and if it's a fresh situation of really sad divorce or somebody just passed away or that, you know, all really hard, but yes, brides and grooms and everybody needs to be ready for these questions. And it's also hard on the parent who may have lost the spouse and maybe it's only three years ago and maybe that kind of thing. But that's the hard part too, is that add to that, I'm going to raise my own hand. You might have a parent who thinks everything's just hunky dory and it's not an issue. And I might want more distance between me and that parent I'm not talking about you, mom, <laughs> for me anywhere. I mean, let's kind of reel it in here back to our, I'm, I'm going to throw in just three important categories of, yes, I go to Amanda's hard conversation of this would be helpful probably to do really on the front end. And just because probably the emotions are getting high with the bride it wouldn't be a bad idea, brides out there. Also, when you start to cry, your dad really doesn't like it. And so sometimes it's a good idea to have an emotional, good feeling cry and not a, I'm a stubborn, um, spoiled person cry. It's the, oh my gosh, I thought this was going to be the most special thing. When we're trying to set that date and we're having a hard time finding a venue and a chapel at the same time and 
my cousin Joe is getting married two weeks before that. And the family really doesn't want to, you know, when all that's kind of ramping up, it might be a good idea because you're probably getting, you know, all the squawking of, oh, mom called this place. Dad called this place. Dad's wife called this place. This place is available. This place isn't this place. It's all coming at you, torpedoes. And it might be the good time to sit down and say, I just got to have a conversation. I need this to be joy filled. I want this to be everybody to be happy. You're all special to me. Everybody can't sit in row one, seat one, and everybody can't walk first. So let's just get together and have a great wedding. I think that is a wonderful, hard, great idea and conversation to have. If we were going to the something old, new, borrowed, true, in the olden days, the seating chart, if we were in a divorce situation, the seating chart would have gone the mother with whomever she, you know, with a new spouse or a significant other, or other siblings of yours, so the mother, or her siblings, so some aunts and uncles, to have her up there not by herself. Row two would have been dad, if there is a new spouse, or significant other, same thing. And then row three would be grandparents, both sets, and then followed by aunts and uncles, and family rows, and parents, and everything else. More often lately, or something new, is oftentimes we're all getting along, and it's great. So you put the mom is in the first, because the mother rising, as the it's ready to start the wedding, and the bride coming down the aisle, the mother rising is the indication that everybody else is to rise. So she's always on in the front seat with that front row one, seat one, followed, you know, with her people next to her, her significant other, your brother, whomever. And then you could have your dad and, you know, so you could have all parents row one and then go to the grandparents, the second row, that kind of thing. Now in married land of people, no divorces anywhere. We oftentimes have grandparents sitting in the front row also because help with walking. Now, sometimes we have space constriction. Sometimes we don't want it to look like just two people sitting in this giant row. It's just comfortable and you're experiencing this wonderful thing together. So when we go to the old traditional way, sticky wicket, wicket, sticky, stickity, wick, wick, wick is who walks her down the aisle. So here's, these are all challenging and I would throw it at everybody. It may be the bride is closest to her mother and she wants her mother to walk her down the aisle, but the powers that be can't bear to hurt that dad's feeling because that's one of, I don't know, what are the dad's roles? What do dads get to say they get to do and look forward to their whole lives when they have a daughter? I don't know, Carrie, what are they? I get to walk her down the aisle. I get to teach her how to drive. I have no idea. I don't have any idea. (laughs) What's the girl dad's dad? What's he saying and doing? She she wandered off. I think that's hard. If indeed that is the case, because that can be the case. We can not feel as much love. I'm raising my hand again. And some mommies would insert and say that the mother and the father would walk her down the aisle. And some people are just close to both parents and feel like their mom should be walking down the aisle too. However... Let's go to this, what more of the scenario we're talking about right now. We're walking down the aisle. A lot of times it's biological father, but we can also bring in this new idea of kind of having our significant, the stepfather, you know, meeting halfway. So halfway down the aisle, you get that shot with your dad, the one picture, and then halfway down the aisle, the stepfather has, he's already walked your your mother or let's see stepfather. He's walked yes, your mother down the aisle and he would then come to greet you and your father and the three of you would finish the aisle. 
And that is a lovely and nice, peaceful That's thing. nice. Yes, that's very nice. And usually, what do I want to say? I want to kind of get over myself. I'm going to put myself in the shoes of I am the mother of the bride. I'm married. I love this man. And we got married when my daughter, current bride, was in high school. So he was with us all through high school years. And when her brother was being a total turd bucket to her and her dad may or may not have been you know, doing his thing, trying to find his love, which he now has found. But this man has been something really important to my daughter. And I really don't care what her father thinks. I want him to walk her down the aisle. Yet her father is paying for the wedding in full. Mm. You just really want to hope that, you know, so back to Amanda saying, or you maybe saying, Carrie, that it's not such a fresh, ugly feeling. We got to find the best way if dad is paying a lot of money and we can arrange for him to start you walking down the aisle to have that moment with you until you are greeted by your step parent, that is a really wonderful, good scenario to have. And if there are, I really like that idea. I mean, in it's, and it's funny, it's all perspectives because when I hear divorce and think of this, my mind goes to my experience, which is like, hateful divorce, you know, but there, there are obviously people who have wonderful new stepfathers, people who get along. And I think it's a really beautiful moment to be able to share that with, with the, your biological father and, you know, give him that honor, but also to be able to demonstrate to your friends and your family and to your stepfather, how important he is and what a big role he's been in your life. And, and I think that's a really nice gesture and, you know, way to do that if in some sort of combined, you know, halfway meet or, what, or whatever it is. You know, I think, I think that that's really nice. And can I dovetail off that? I don't have that necessarily in my uh, personal frame of reference, but I can also just echo that from a lot of the members of the audience for a lot of the invited guests they will have some clue whether it's one-sided or whether it's the perspective as a whole they will know if it's been contentious if it's been supported they will know the backstory and so if there is you know, if they can see that in this occasion, the good that came from it was the next generation, you know, sharing in the experience of two, or I also think, I think the phrase is the bloom is off the rose, right? Everyone in the, or a lot of people in the audience will have perspective on the histories of the families. And so don't forget that they all have the tools and the lens to understand what's happening. And so if you can you don't need to sweep it under the rug. You don't need to pretend. This is your wedding land, however it's playing out. And so to show the two people who have contributed to your you know, success and your moment of getting to today, to, to go gingerly around the way things are shared, however it works out, everyone is going to have the tools and the lens to look at it. And so also just don't forget though that you can't you can't completely pretend what is real is not that that's my thing is you know be your authentic thing because everyone's gonna know oh (laughs) holy buckets that ain't right 
or oh, amen, or you know, or oh, how wonderful this is the blessing, you know, or this this is the moment we can see that all things are, you know, that that Hope all is things not can be <laughs> exactly, yeah, or that that wedding land is magic, or you know, that wedding land is is its own entity, but but be truthful because the people are going to know, and when it's just a polished turd. People are going to talk about that more. And that is true. People aren't stupid. Again, this will all go back to no matter how great things can be and good and everything, I go back to everybody, don't talk about your wedding to all of your people. So stepmoms out there, moms out there, everybody out there who have to deal with the fact that they're former spouse. I mean, you could be the most happily married person ever. And your former husband is trying to figure it out and may have had three or four significant others. Keep our lips tight. We don't need to have those discussions. It's not our news to tell. It's not our world to speak of. And, but yes, I agree with that. We should not be going and trying to, I mean, dare I say there might be a Royal wedding that um, maybe all the people in (laughs) In the world of royals, we're going, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Then, okay, going to touch real quick on those dances. It's really hard. I also, let's we're not going to throw all the dads and the moms and stepmoms into the world. We've got biological moms. That is the most uncommon tense relationship, but it exists. We have that for usually the order of special dances in the reception. I'm just trying, we can't talk for hours. So I'm just trying to touch on, you know, kind of divorce planning, big ones, big items. And and the dances and speeches are certainly important. So usually the first dance, and I'm going to say I'm in a non-Jewish situation at at a reception. So we don't have a hora and we're not doing that kind of thing. So usually it's the, the first dance of the bride and groom followed by the father-daughter dance, followed by the mother-son dance, everyone invited to the dance floor. So let's say we're going to stick to that format. And if there is, so typically speaking, if everybody gets along and this is our wish, the stepfather could cut in partway through. And or if that is not acceptable, and that should be a one honored dance, there can be a dance later or sometimes when mother-son comes out. Partway through mother's son, the stepdad would pull the bride onto the dance floor. Now he's dancing with her as the groom is dancing with his mom and other parents come out. And now you have during that third song, whole bunches of VIPs dancing together. Now everybody's invited to the dance floor situation. Mother's son was not as traditional back in the day. So if that is a sticky problem and you didn't want to have it, you don't have to have that. Could just go. I've never almost, heard of that. A mother's son. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. It's that being said, sure. It was a mom back, you know, in 1982 said, well, what do you mean? There's a father daughter dance, but then, or maybe somebody was deceased and then the, the bride wasn't dancing with I'm one of my favorite dances of the world it happened, you know, last year on a Friday evening wedding and her, she and her mother danced to Dancing Queen. It was so cute. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the band cranked <laughs> it out, and it was a great, wonderful. And that's, you know what, like, that's why, that's what I love about the possibility of weddings. You can do whatever you want that makes it unique and special for you and your family. You know, like that, 
nine times out of ten, the bride is not dancing with her mother. But I'm like you say, that was your favorite thing that you saw last year. And I don't know how many weddings you see a year, but a shit ton. So, you know, I again, I think it's just I, that's what I like about it. You know, it's like it can be you're creating this beautiful day. Everything you love, all the people you love, it's like the best party you ever go to in the world because all of your loved ones and your family and your friends are there. It's like, just, I don't know, rock out and make it the best it can be. <laughs> be the slogan for Wedding Land. It's yeah. like the possibility right. of joy. So we also already took that book and threw it out the window. So no matter <laughs> what your people look like when they're all in a room, just make it the possibility. I love it so much. It's the, and that is the truth. There it is. <laughs> you brought it in, girls. You brought it in to the land of the truth. And so we end our beautiful bedtime story with we all sat down with a behavioral therapist and we all decided that we have to have key phrases that we ask ourselves as we're getting ready to go into a closet and stomp our feet and pull out our hair and say all of the cuss words, we have to ask, how important is it? And does this really matter? And will this help if I say this? Would this help if, if I do that? So true. And maybe, okay. And we got to take, so, and, and perhaps before you hit send on a text or on an email, you take a breath, an hour or what, what is that? Who, what movie was that? My best friend's wedding where she tried to have the delayed email and Julia Roberts gets nailed because she wishes she would have waited a day. Oh, Kelly, that's a whole separate see. email is for, or not email. That's a whole separate podcast for you to dissect all the wedding movies. But girl, I think we should wrap it up with the wrap it up. good, bad, and the ugly. And my thing is the program. Do you just leave anybody off to do it or do you just print it because they are a part of you the good the bad the ugly even if they're not processing you all take it away do you just acknowledge them because who cares there's more hurt do you redo them all when you make the mistake <laughs> the program oh carrie and kelly i know you, this, is, this is a, this is a this is a rough crowd for this, this question <laughs> so yeah, I'll go. I'll go. So, girls, I'm going to let you take us out on this. I'm just going to love it and laugh. I am actually trying to recall. So, my mother hosted the wedding. She was the one who was on the invitations. It was her hosting it. I don't think my father was mentioned on the invitation. And I, I don't think he was mentioned on the program. But honestly, I don't think that was mean-spirited like I'm leaving you off of this I think it was just I didn't yeah. I probably wouldn't even it, it will I, I can't even remember it so it probably didn't even occur to me to add him because yeah why would I sure I would even go as far as saying I don't know that I would have because I avoid and I don't want to upset people and I would like that would be if I were faced with that question really today, I, I might just say I'm not having a wedding program. Yeah. I mean, I guess it <laughs> would just not going to have one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's a, a totally fine response too. And if you're not comfortable, yeah. Cause if you're not comfortable having the conversation, you don't feel like engaging in that. And I totally get that. Trust me. 
then yeah, just remove that portion and carry on with your day. Because like we said, it's all about whatever the opportunity is you want to make of it. All right. So here in Wedding Land, we're going to end with, you can have a wedding program (laughs) or you don't have to have a wedding program. And the category can simply say parents and all of the parents can be listed in alphabetical order. Who knows? Sometimes you might have people that have more than one last name. We can have no wedding program. The end. (laughs) I love it.